You have one unheard message. Hi, I was calling Current, the influencer marketing platform, but I think I just got redirected to a bunch of people listening to a podcast. Well, anyways, I was calling Current because I was told they could help get my brand set up on TikTok Shop and even build out an affiliate program of content creators promoting my brand and even have those content creators go on live streams and promote my product there. Wow, I could really use Current. I also heard that the brands they work with are making millions in sales. I guess I'll just go to their website at current.tech. The future is a hefty responsibility and not one that we take lightly. But then taking things lightly has never been what hefty is about. That's why we've created the Hefty Renew program that turns hard to recycle plastics into valuable resources like park benches and building materials. To participate, simply fill up an orange Hefty Renew bag with accepted items, tie it up, and drop it in with your regular recycling. That's it. It's that easy. It's time to rethink recycling with Renew. Particular valued resources may vary by geography. More info available at heftyrenew.com. You're listening to one of the best kept secrets in music right now. May I express my appreciation of your admiration of my preparation? This is dedication, self-education without a graduation violation, accusation. <sighs> See you at the station, load up, no hesitation, citation, litigation, declaration, delegation, no cooperation from a kid on probation. Plenty information who could put interrogation because I had no aspirations. <laughs> There's no question in my mind I'm about to be one of the biggest stars in music. Probably in the game, period. What happened to that boy? What happened to that boy? He was talking shit, we put a clap into that boy. And we are live. What's up, you guys? Sean Ross Sapp. It is May 30th. It is the, I think, 74th edition of List and Your Boy, Jimmy Van. What's up? So my first question for you right off the top is why are you and I guess Melissa and maybe Nigel talking about ghee? Okay, oh, yeah. so if you remember last week there was a person who bought a super chat on Listing Your Boy uh-huh. and they paid for it and put their link in. Uh-huh. We thought they were a bot. Uh-huh. They have reached out to me in <laughs> several forms of social media to educate me on what that is and apparently they're sending me free stuff. So Really? I actually knew what that is. Can you believe it? I knew what ghee is. It's, it's butterfat. Well, we're discussing a sponsorship. so A ghee go. sponsorship. Yeah. And I figured that if we got a ghee sponsorship, it would be of the martial arts variety. Not well, well right. Right, exactly, exactly. You know what you should do is you should have a product where you have like a bottle of it and it's wrapped in a ghee. That's a brilliant idea. Yeah, that could be like a fightful product. That'd There's no way that would fail. Melissa, get it done. Get it done, Melissa. <laughs> I want ghee and a ghee. Yeah, let's spend. And then you know, if we could get forty dollars a bottle to make it a fightful select reward, if we could like get Guy Lafleur to be like the spokesman for it, what about gold? Guy, what about Guy Ladouche from MXC back in the day? Do you remember that? No, <laughs> the show that they well, you you live in Canada, but it was the Japanese game show that would always have like the wipeouts and stuff, and uh, had the two fellas in like whatever the hell they were in talking, and the on-the-field on, on the field reporter was Guy LaDouche. Aha, uh-huh, aha. Uh-huh. 
Well, there you go. Uh, so I guess we got to start with breaking news, and we've talked about this kind of extensively already in the past on the show, but now we have some, I guess, confirmation. So today, May 30th, The Hollywood Reporter reported that NBC Universal is going to be paying WWE $1.325 billion over five years to retain Raw. Uh, and as previously reported, Fox is going to be paying $1.025 billion over five years to pick up SmackDown. So it's going to be a total valuation of $2.35 billion, which is more than three times what they're currently getting with NBC Universal. And there were some very interesting tidbits in that Hollywood Reporter story. You read it, right? Yes, I did. Interesting stuff in that story. So, uh, for one thing, the story reports that Stephanie McMahon and Triple H were in the Fox pitch meeting representing WWE alongside Michelle Wilson and George Barrios, who were the co-presidents, and then they had representatives from their agency and investment advisors and whatnot. Uh, Anyone that thinks that Shane McMahon is the heir apparent to the throne based on his birthright, this is probably yet another... uh, Another, Hold on, uh, sir. What if he sells the Chinese VOD rights? <laughs> right. Exactly. That could, that could happen. You could pick up hundred grand a year over five he's years for a, that. He's got experience in the business. Yeah, that's possible. That's possible. No, but anybody that thinks that Shane is the heir apparent, think again. Uh, Hunter and Stephanie are going to be running the show, and that's, uh, that's just further proof. There was a couple of interesting tidbits in the story that one of them really surprised me, and that is the fact that Rupert Murdoch was in the meeting. Oh, yeah. That shocked the hell out of me, man. Yeah, me too. Well, you know what? It's like you often hear about, like, whenever they want to really get somebody, like a sports team is recruiting somebody. If if John Calipari of the Kentucky Wildcats wants a player, he's visiting them in person. Right, yeah. He's getting it done. He's not sending his assistant coach. He's not sending Kenny Payne out there. He's showing up at at that kid's game to recruit him. And Rupert Murdoch's old 87 wrinkly ass, 87 year old wrinkly ass, made it there. He did. You know something, and man? I, I'm up. I've become so desensitized as a wrestling fan from years of disrespect uh, that I was shocked that Rupert Murdoch was there, meaning that Fox really wanted the, the deal. Uh, and something else uh, that I thought was interesting in the story: so Lachlan Murdoch, who is Rupert's son, and he's the, the CEO of Fox, and I think one of Shane's kids might be named Lachlan. Uh, or maybe Declan. It could be Declan. But anyway, uh, Lachlan reportedly called Stephanie McMahon after the meeting to herald the marriage between the two families. The marriage of the Murdoch and the McMahon families. And I just was ready to regurgitate my lunch when I read that. But, uh, but this is a massive thing for, for WWE. And there was something else in the story that I thought was interesting. There was a quote from a former Fox staffer. And this is what they said. They said, quote, we could not sell UFC. Wrestling is to bring that up. Okay, I said we could not sell UFC. Then they said wrestling is family friendly. If you have wrestling, you can find cash. I think it's a big win for Fox. It's a great trade off. We talked about this last week. Two years ago, this was just unfathomable. Like it was just yeah. not, not possible two years ago. And now you essentially had Fox pass on the UFC essentially in order to get the SmackDown brand. Uh, it's, it's amazing. And, and for a Fox staffer to say we couldn't sell UFC, WWE has long been known as the big rated entity that you couldn't sell to advertisers. The, while UFC, although in the similar category, not to the degree of WWE, and I had a lot of people comparing the deals, and I was like, well, they say – they were like, well, WWE is just a weekly show. Yeah, but it, it's also every week. Yes. ESPN's getting like 42 events, however – they're getting more hours of content than WWE. It's really, really hard to compare, quantify. 
apparently those UFC shows aren't getting any any shorter, which is, I think, a nightmare, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. a nightmare covering stuff like that. But, uh, yeah, man, this I'm glad that wrestling has shaken that stigma because it should have a long time ago. I mean, this it, deal, this deal is stupid. For I mean, it's, for WWE, it's phenomenal. So basically, it breaks down to two hundred sixty-five million a year for Raw, two hundred five million a year for SmackDown. You got to keep in mind, SmackDown is currently two hours, Raw is currently three hours, which means that the two deals are actually pretty comparable. Yeah, uh, I expected one point three to one point five billion for Raw. For Raw, right, yes. right, right. Yeah, so it's massive for WWE. And so, like we talked about last week, I'm very curious to find out what's going to happen now in terms of talent. Uh, because they're going to expect something. They're going to expect their their share of this deal. So we'll see what happens, man. You know, it's very interesting. I mean, I think it's it's yeah. And did you see what Rupert Murdoch had told WWE during the meeting? Yeah, about how uh, NBC Universal was embarrassed by your product. Um, I, I mean, one point three five billion is an awful lot to give somebody that you're embarrassed of, right? I mean, he did what he did to try to get that show uh, because yeah. NBC Universal passed on SmackDown anyway. And, they had uh, to. Yeah, they, they did. Couldn't they couldn't it. afford it. It's true. And apparently Rupert Murdoch told WWE that Fox is going to embrace the brand and promote it across sports programming every night of the week. So this is this is big for WWE. There's no other way to put it. It's big for WWE. So the funny thing is Showdown Joe and I often talk about how when a UFC show is on, if you're not – Sean Ross Sapp, or you're not Showdown Joe, somebody who has to tune in and watch it all the time, you might not know what channel it's on. Mm-hmm. Spike, YouTube, Facebook, Fight Pass, Pay-Per-View, FS1, FS2, FX. They've been on FXX before. Fuel, Versus, Ion. I could go on and on. Now they are on the ESPN family of networks. That's it. Mm-hmm. And And for a while, they've been just on Fox the Fox networks, but there are so many Fox networks right now that they, that they air on. Now WWE is going to be split a little bit more. And we've seen that in the past. We've seen them syndicated. We've seen them on USA mm-hmm. on my network TV or whatever trash that was. But ultimately you're, you're tuning into the network uh, USA or Fox. Do you think that helps or hurts them from a vision, from a, like a, just wanting to tune in and catch some wrestling standpoint, maybe somebody who hasn't in a while. I How think, do you think that, that affects them? I think so. Raw's gonna be just fine. Nothing's happening with Raw. SmackDown historically Fridays are a bad night for wrestling, but WWE's never been in a position like this where they're going to be on a major network every week that's promising to promote the show every night of the week across their sports programming. They've never had this opportunity in terms of promotion. And so I expect that at the least the very first episode on Fox is going to do a big number. Because uh, if they promote it, they say they, they, they're going to. I think there's going to be a lot of curiosity that first week. I don't think they're going to be able to maintain it. But even if they're able to do what they're doing right now on NBC Universal on, on a Friday night, I think Fox is going to be cool with that. I yeah. think. So we'll see what happens. But I honestly, you would think, given how much promotion opportunity they have, that they should be able to at least equate pause ratings, you would think. But we'll see what well, happens. Seeing, seeing the amount that. Fox is paying SmackDown. Yeah, I expect more of an emphasis on SmackDown. Although, hey, last night I loved that show. I thought SmackDown last night was a great watch. This has been really cool. I've said this a few times, but once one domino fell, the rest fall shortly after. And we had the Fox News. We had the UFC News. We had the expanded UFC News. Then we had uh, the NBCU number kind of coming out. 
it's an exciting time. It's like, man, it's like NBA free agency. Everybody's waiting for one person to make one move, and then all of a sudden everything happens in the matter of like a few days. It's really, really cool. It's really exciting to be to kind of see that all unfold. Stephanie McMahon can definitely buy stadiums full of ghee now. <laughs> if she, she, could, if she couldn't before, she, could she can to, now. She could go to omgee.com to do that. Thanks to them again for their super chat this week. Oh, there he goes, because we were promoting ghee. That's why. Mm-hmm. Well, I'm sure. Idea. Anybody want your butter fat, you know, get yourself a, a cup and a straw and hit up uh, omgee.com. There you go. <laughs> yes. Yes, they let's, should. Uh, let's move on and talk about your favorite uh, wrestling performer and rapper. Uh, an individual. Push a tea? <laughs> I actually, Did you hear about? I actually Drake's know what son? you're talking about. I actually know what you're yeah, talking about. Adonis. I was 16 years old and I heard Pusha T rap, and I said, "Man, nobody should fuck with him." <laughs> it is now, oh what, 14 years later, 15 years later, 16 years later, Sean. Said, Whatever. Drake thought that he could get it done. In the words of a wise man, ugh. Well, apparently Drake did get it done. That's part of the problem. Uh, that's a good point. So let's talk about real one, Sean. So, uh, so the gentleman, I guess, formerly known as Enzo Amore, apparently he's using the name Real One. We had a nice little clip on the top of the show that you produced, Sean. I, I did. didn't. I didn't. Know, that's what Nigel said. He said you produced that clip. I think Nigel put that together. Did you, Nigel? No, no, that was Sean. Totally. I had to get topical. I had to fit push a T into our intro somehow, and that's how I did it. That's good. So. Uh, on Monday, as he had promised, and I'm going to call him Enzo because real one is dumb, so I'm going to call him Enzo. <laughs> so on, uh, on Monday, Enzo made an appearance in Times Square like he said he was going to on Memorial Day. That same day, his first music video dropped. Uh, for a nice little crowd. Yeah, were they there for him or were they there because it was Memorial Day? I mean, they were. I saw a lot of people reacting to like meeting him and stuff. Sure, but so, I mean, I'm ever, sure there were quite a few people there for him. Okay, with all due respect to Enzo, and I'm not saying he doesn't have a following, but with all due respect to Enzo, I have been in Times Square over U.S. holidays in the past, Sean, and mm-hmm. it's a sea of people there. You can't even move. Well, maybe that was part of the plan. That was part of the plan because then he could go and say, "Look at all the people that came to see me," even though they didn't. Because when yeah. he was walking with security, Sean, there was a lot of people like off to the side with their back to him because they weren't even paying any attention kind of thing. Yeah. I think he did that on purpose to make it look like they were there for him and they weren't necessarily. But anyway, that's, that's a side note. So his new song is called Phoenix. It's a, uh, in reference to his, uh, the misconduct allegations and the base, of, uh, base location of all that and everything. And uh, the video was released exclusively through, through World Star Hip Hop. We have a clip of it. Nigel, go ahead, hit that clip. Oh, you're going to get us flagged. I don't care. Hit it. Listen up, you sloppy jalopy son of a bitch. Sitting on your fucking couch with your fucking phone in your hand. Doing your armchair detective work, thinking you know what the fuck's going on. When was the last time you kept a two-month social media silence? You think I wasn't going to say shit? I'ma let y'all talk shit, talk shit. If I had a fuck to give, I would give it. Feeling froggy, ain't got a leap. All you got to do is rip it. Rain on a zero fucks giving exhibit. I got nothing to lose. Minute for minute, then a minute to win it. Sky's the limit. Sorry, officer. Got to admit it. Yeah, I'm over the limit. So first and foremost, I wish my hair looked like that. <laughs> it can if you if you really wanted to, Sean. Well, if I had it crimped or something. Yeah, yeah you could. So uh, first, I want to draw. I want to. I want to call out Nigel because Nigel told me off the air that that is his new favorite song of the year, like his new oh, favorite breakout song. So I want Nigel. 
<laughs> I want Nigel to give me his thoughts on uh, Phoenix by Real One. Okay, so other than the line, you sloppy jalopy son of a bitch, <laughs> that that was pretty cringy. <clears throat> I do love that opening line, though. Yeah. You didn't like the line about his consensual penis? <laughs> oh, yeah. Well, uh, the feeling froggy part was pretty hilarious as well. So, um, well, feeling froggy, they've used that in wrestling before. That's probably where he got it from. Yeah. They've used that everywhere. Yeah, for but wrestling especially, though, they did with the frog splash and stuff. Uh, Sean, what are your thoughts? What? Yeah. what? Yeah. That is not where that came from. No, but that's that's where they used it in wrestling. They used it in that sense. Oh, yeah. Sure. Yeah, I know that's not where it came from, but that's where they used it. And because Enzo's from wrestling, I bet you that's how he thought of it. I, I get the feeling that most of the things that he heard, I mean, for for all the issues surrounding this, I mean, the guy can talk. So I'm sh- pretty sure he heard that well You're right, before. he can. He can. So what are your thoughts on it, man? I mean, he's obviously had that in the can for a while. <laughs> oh, well, of I course. Mean, that... he, he was waiting, I think, for this time. He was waiting for, for Memorial Day and, you know. Yeah. And, I mean, and good luck to him. How but... long ago was it that the case was officially closed? Just like within the last couple of weeks, Well, right? I mean, it's, yeah, closed last week. Essentially, uh, they, they're just not proceeding with charges or anything. Right. They could reopen it if any evidence surfaces certainly doesn't look like that's going to be the case but no. uh and I, he was waiting for that to happen and then i think because oh, yeah. memorial day happened uh it was all planned out he did times square over a holiday on purpose like that was that was yeah. a plan again and like i said i've i've personally been been a, a witness to it or a part of it how many people go down there during a holiday so he he did it on purpose uh now i i will say this uh i am not uh, necessarily the demo for that kind of music I'm not necessarily a fan of that kind of music. I don't even know if I would call that music. But well, I mean, I I wouldn't say that I am either, but listen to that kind of music. And okay, even well, though I, I didn't think it was good, it was probably about as less terrible than some of the SoundCloud rappers I hear on any given I mean, day. don't get me wrong, Cardi B shit too and and uh and you know, she's a, she's a gold record uh whatever you want to call her. But uh I, I will say this. I give him props for giving it a shot. I give him props for and having ambition. And that production ambition. was good. Really like good, actually. It was, it was very really good. good. Yeah, very, was. very good. Yeah. Um, so I give I him mean, props for that. the accuser and all that stuff. Then there's obviously the shots at people who are reporting on this. And I've had people in my mentions nonstop about, like, I had one guy say, oh, you were wrong. And I was like, what was I wrong about? Like, we reported the allegations. We reported the news in which WWE sources gave us. That was going to uh, be the next thing I actually brought up. I was going to ask yeah. you, how did it feel to have Real One uh, cover you, sort of, at the start sort of his of. at the start <laughs> of his song? I mean, I kind of figured it was going to come because I mean, who who is he going to blame? Uh, he can only write about that girl who made those accusations so long. I mean, there was a line saying TMZ owes him restitution. I'm like. It's not the way that reporting on a sexual assault allegation works. That's like, like we weren't out there saying Enzo Amore raped somebody. We okay, were let me saying, ask you this: so, this woman is alleging that that happened. I haven't listened to the entire song, but uh, do you think that the line was "TMZ owes me restitution" because he had twenty other other words that rhymed with tuition, and so he had to find something to put in? Because the, the clip at the start of the show that you that you put up there. 
clearly he was using some kind of like an app or, uh, or like a website where you put a word in and then it'll give you like 20 words that rhyme with that word. And then he just like threw delegation, delegation, blah, 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 whatever. So it was, <laughs> yeah, probably he was on what hot nine, seven, the, the day that it was renamed lukewarm nine, seven. Was that, but, was that Pete, uh, with him? It was on... Rosenberg. Oh, and even Rosenberg was like, uh, I can't defend this shit. But okay. So there's man, there's just so much to unpack here. Oh my God! I don't even know where to start. Like, I mean, my I, will, job... I will. I will say this. I will say this. So I, I read a lot of the tweets that because there were a lot of tweets sent your way, uh, oh, and yeah. and because you're on my timeline, I read them. And there were a lot of people that were saying, like you said, "Oh, there you go, Sean. You were wrong." It's yeah. funny to me. It's funny to me how people are blatantly wrong, and it's okay. And I realize that when the president's Donald Trump, maybe that's you know, maybe maybe that maybe it speaks for itself, but. <laughs> You never once accused Enzo Moria of being guilty. Not once. All you did was say the facts of the, of the case, right? But now the Enzo lovers are coming out there saying, there you go, see Sean Rossap, you were wrong. Yeah, it's like, ridiculous, you, can't, man. you can't report a negative allegation about anybody or else you're out to get them. Right. Hey, guys, I reported on Enzo's cruiserweight title victory, too. And we put him over, too. Yeah. Because he, he was the, the star of that show. Right, he, he was. Carried that he show. anchored that show. That yes, show, he did. out from from a creative aspect, was never better than Enzo Amore. Agreed. Was uh, now from an in ring perspective, no. But I mean, no. I but he was since, since he left there. the company, since he left the company, two five live gets no love at all. I wouldn't say that. They've been getting a lot of love for their in ring. Like they, no, they've for, got I, some. I get what you're saying, yeah. but they're not on but Raw. They're not on Raw at all. No, that's not that's called Raw not Raw. getting love. And straight out of the gate, I was told by multiple WWE sources. That the reason they let him go was that they didn't believe that he was unaware of the allegations. Now, I definitely could have uh, worded my original tweet better because my original tweet was I was told Enzo was aware of the allegations. I was told that. That's what they thought. He was steadfast in saying that he didn't know about the allegations from the first day from what I was told. Uh, but WWE didn't believe him. That is in the story that I wrote in January. Like, I mean, go back and look at it. It's there. So I WWE do... was livid that he was aware of the allegations. He said that he wasn't aware of the allegations, and he addressed that today on Twitter as well. I saw that you and Ryan Satin from Pro Wrestling Sheet were doing a little bit of back and forth about that. Yeah. And I, I just don't get involved with that stuff because I just don't care. But the, the one thing that I wanted to say to Ryan Satin about that was that WWE, I think, we're just looking for an out, I think. Because and, there had been so yeah. many incidents with Enzo Amore right up to when he was a cruiserweight champion when he was bringing lackeys backstage with him and stuff like that. I think that they were looking for an out, and I think that this was their convenient out. So I think it doesn't really matter about the – because he was going on about, like, the timelines and, and stuff like that. I don't think it matters. I think that Yeah, they were I was talking to out. a lot of people, like wrestlers, people that work backstage, WWE PR. I was talking to anybody that I could – about this situation, and it was very polarizing. And the thing is, like, there's this popular belief that everybody hates Enzo backstage. That's not the truth. Mm -hmm. Like, there were some situations that led to him having to dress in hallways or whatever mm -hmm. rooms that he could find. But, I mean, like, he wasn't there, – there were plenty of people who just tried to avoid him. And WWE also weren't happy with the company he was keeping. Right, that's The right. people that he were, was with that night uh, that led to that situation – they weren't happy about them either, and right. they had uh, there, there were reports that they had warned him about the company that he kept and bringing them backstage. Uh, it was funny. I spoke to somebody that had worked with him on 205 Live prior, and 
they said, oh yeah, we everybody saw the rap career coming a mile away because he talked about that all the time before he left WWE. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So that's not a surprise either. He posted a tweet that said, don't believe my last tweet. You're an armchair detective. He misspelled your. The police have an open line. Call them and ask. They'll call you back in four months. Was that, that who was that, that directed to? Was that directed to you? Uh, about him being, con- he says that he wasn't contacted by the police before January 22nd. So I, I can say I don't know when he was contacted by the police. I know that WWE thinks that he, or at least at the time, people there were telling me they believed he was contacted by the police before that. Um, as far as the police having an open line and calling you back in four months, if you're lucky, mm-hmm. they'll call you back in four months. Because I was calling them every single week. I was calling the Bureau of public affairs every single week saying what's the deal what's the deal what's the deal trying to get updates from anybody within that situation and i mean this wasn't a thing where it's like i only spoke to the accuser i reached out to enzo amore i I reached out to the two people that were supposedly there on that night Mm -hmm. i reached out to uh the attorney enzo's attorney when the statement was issued wdb pr you reach out to everybody in a situation like that i'm not interested in telling one side of the story. I mean, when Matt Riddle was on a podcast with me and blamed AIW for a big issue surrounding their split, I could have easily ran with that story. No, you contact John Thorne and AIW, Mm -hmm. and you give them a proper place to discuss that as well. And if their contact info is readily available, make that happen. There's no, like... I mean, like Corey Graves. So if if they're as easy to reach as Corey Graves is... I mean, I even – it's like a running gag on my Twitter now. Whenever he talks about wanting to talk about something or how unhappy he is somewhere, I'm like, hey, do you want to talk about it? It was very clear to me – not that I want to segue into something else, but it was very clear to me that the directive on SmackDown this week was for the commentators to refer to Big Cass as the seven-footer. And by the end of that match, having heard the seven-footer from NYC 83 fucking times, Sean. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I was ready to watch a test pattern on television for the next three hours. Oh, yeah, man. Because all they did every time Kaz was on camera was the seven-footer. The seven-footer from NYC. The seven-footer. The seven-footer from NYC. He drop kicks a seven-footer. Oh, what a shot by the seven-footer from NYC. It's like, holy shit, man. Sorry for that. Yeah. But you, you, Corey Graves came to mind, and, you know, he's the monkey that will do whatever he's told. You know, hey, hey Corey, do a, do a little flip for me. Okay, cool. Wear a hat. All right. So... Go ahead. You can go back and talk about Enzo some more. I mean, what else is there to say? I mean, there was no, like, and when, when I was asked after the things, after it was closed, I said, you know, that there were some red flags about when I had a discussion with that girl. I mean, she seemed all too excited yeah. to be interviewed by all the people that she was being interviewed by. Yeah. And, and you know what? It would have been very easy to, to just make accusations and just say, oh, this girl made it up because she wants the publicity. But you didn't mm-hmm. do that. No, I didn't do that either. I mean, it would have been, it'd been really easy to jump to a lot of conclusions, yeah. as Enzo said. But I didn't do that in the article. Didn't do that anywhere else. Right. Uh, that was. It's a part of whether I like someone personally or not is irrelevant to my reporting. Right. I don't. The thing is, a lot of people think that I want to dislike or like somebody. If you want me to be completely honest, there are. Maybe a couple people I've ever met in wrestling that I really give a shit about knowing on a personal level. Period. So who did I you, don't who, care? Who, who do you hate the most that you've met? 
who do I hate the most? I can't say that I hate anybody. There have been some people when I've been on hold and they're getting ready to do media interviews, I like hear them yelling at their wives and shit. Oh yeah, that like makes who? it pretty. I'm, I'm not telling you that, <laughs> Jimmy. <laughs> All right. Well, whatever. But we're... I mean, like, that's not a thing that any any real journalist should give a shit that much about is what someone like that would think of them positively or negatively. You report the story objectively. That's it. Right. That's right. Uh, do you want to move on and talk about the next thing now, or do you want to do your little segue first Please and talk about it? Afterwards? God, I don't even know what interview segments up here. Okay. How let's... about Tyrus? Here you go. Let's talk <laughs> to Tyrus. Tyrus Since we're in a go. political situation right now yeah. uh, in America where everybody who appears on CNN is fake news. Everybody who appears on Fox News is, I don't know, fake news as well. He appears on Fox News all the time. I asked him how that sits with some of his uh, contemporaries. You've got quite a presence on the Fox News uh, programs. Have your political stances ever maybe caused an issue among fe uh, fellow wrestlers, or do they just kind of understand what you're doing? Um, you know what? That's, that's a great question. I've always kind of been Carl Garcia kind of a guy, and the overwhelming um, support I get from um, – from my fellow wrestlers is unbelievable. Like, I mean, I don't even think, I think we all respect, we all have differences of opinion or whatever in terms of politics, but the fact that I'm transitioned from wrestling to doing something mainstream that's considered taboo for us because the wrestlers are supposed to be dumb or we're one dimensional or whatever. So I think um, regardless of what my political views are opposed to their political views, um, they're just like, for example, uh, Adonis, uh, some of you guys know him, uh, Chris Masters, whatever. He's probably the most one of the most supportive guys. Literally, uh, every time I'm on the show, I'll end up getting a message from him. Bobby Lashley, Dolph Ziggler. Um, it, it doesn't matter what brand they're from. Everyone loves the fact that I'm showing that not, you don't always have to have the greatest push in the world. Talent always shines through, and the fact that wrestlers are we're the greatest entertainers in the world. No one has to prepare, prepare like we do. No one goes through what we do physically, mentally. We don't get retakes. You know, uh, our fans hold us to the green. So I, I, we don't get enough credit for the entertainers that we are. And, and I, being in movies and stuff, uh, there's we'll do 25 takes on a hello scene. You don't get that in wrestling. So we're always pretty supportive. I, I, even if they disagree, um, it's all love, if that makes any sense. I was instructed to ask you how big of a fan you are of curling and who won the big pool. Oh, okay. Well, first of all, EC3 is a son of a bitch. Let me just say that right now. And I, I hate him as a person. I know he put you up to this. Um, he didn't win anything, okay? He drew, his name was drawn, he won the lottery. I got stuck with Japan. He got USA, and they upset, and they they won cover. We do it every year, and you know, did he tell you what he had to do the year before when he lost? It was very vague. It, oh, very vague. Yeah, I, I. Yeah, why don't you ask him to explain go for the gold or taste the gold? Ask him what that is. That was his answer. Tell him that uh, Tyra said, um, yes. 
he he won the thing, but at least I didn't have to taste the gold the year before. I don't think I'm allowed to. WWE won't grant us access to talent, so we're, we're stuck with your oh, side well, of the story. Then on, oh, well, then cool, yeah. We felt bad for him, and we uh, we let him uh, – but he won. He won the uh, curling event. It's a, it's a tradition. We do it uh, every Winter Olympics. We all draw, and um, and everyone – we all – battle back and forth with and you know there's some side bettings and some things going on and some uh just some fun just some some guy fun um which is you know illegal nowadays but uh it's a it's a it's a good it's a good break but yeah he won this year i had japan so i got i got i got screwed all right we're back so it's kind of interesting to note that wwe stock price peaked at $60.44 at 11.14 a.m. this morning. It is now down to $59.19. The sky is falling. Yeah, I'm sure, <laughs> I'm sure it is. I'm sure the day that is. wrestling died five. Five, exactly. Yeah, that's awesome. So let's move on. I'm going to ask this question to Melissa. Oh, no. Hi. <laughs> oh, yeah, I'm ready. And, and it's this question has so nothing to do with her at all, which is what's going to make it kind of funny. So. Is it about her new Twitter admirer? Did she have a new Twitter admirer? Yep. Oh yeah, I saw that. So Melissa, year. what did I tell you when you when you started producing this thing? What did I tell you? There's weird men on the internet. I told her be smart because there's she, you know because just simply because of the fact she's female, there's going to oh, be yeah. morons coming out of the woodwork. Oh, you know? this was one that we that my wife has had to block on various forms of social media yep. for being a creeper already. Really, mm-hmm. Melissa, yeah, is, your, one, is your boyfriend a large yeah. man? He's six five, so I think I'm good. Six okay, five. that's good. That's good. <laughs> but if you're it, six five. Uh, you just automatically have a big boot in your arsenal. But know. is he a lanky 6'5", or is he like a decently athletic 6'5"? He's de- decently athletic. Good. Yeah. See? So then you don't have to worry about whoever this moron is that's chasing Sean's wife and you. Oh, I can kick ass on my own. I'm fine. Oh, see? Did you, you, there you go. There you go. So I'm going to ask you this question because this is related to what you just said. This is related sure. to you kicking ass on your own, Melissa. Okay. Let's pretend that you were a UFC fighter. <laughs> okay. And let's pretend that you're from Chicago, Illinois. And you have a fight coming up in 11 days on pay-per-view. Okay. All right? Meaning that you probably got a little bit of pressure. You lost your last fight. You're, you're a known star uh, going into the UFC. Uh, this is your second fight. Your first fight, you got destroyed. And so you're kind of looking to make amends. And, and a lot of people, especially the MMA purists, are probably hoping you're going to fall on your face again kind of thing. 11 days before your fight, when you're probably, probably deep into your training now, you're probably trying to cut weight uh you're going to be going into fight week soon which is like full of media interviews and all that shit you're dealing with all of that and yet you find yourself sitting in court for the start of a case before a jury in which you're being sued for defamation how how would that make you feel i'm learning so much about my life right now um (laughs) yeah about your hypothetical life uh confused That's all? Confused would be it? That's it? I have a lot of questions. How did I get myself into this situation? Yeah, and CM Punk probably asks himself that C-Pax. all the time, right? So on, on, uh, June, on June 9th, CM Punk's going to be fighting at UFC 225 in Chicago. He's very fortunate because he's fighting a bum. And so uh, he probably doesn't have to worry as much as, as if he was fighting Mickey Gall like he did the first time. He finds himself, uh, at the time it was 11 days, it was yesterday, May 29th, that the, that the case started, that the, the jury trial started. Found himself sitting in court all day. Uh, back in today, May 30th, sitting in court all day at the Cook County Courthouse outside Chicago. 
uh, alongside Cole Cabana, they're, uh, they're being sued by Chris Amon, who's WWE's doctor, in a defamation case. The guy's probably training Sean, probably, probably after hours. He's probably training. And uh, next week is fight week for him, meaning that he's got to start the press junkets. Have you heard about a continuance? Because how is he even going to get his shit done? I would hope that he would ask for a continuance. But have they not already? Have they not already? I believe they're in court right now. No, I, I get I, it. But like, did, did his legal team at any point say, um, excuse me, Mr. Judge, I have a fight next Saturday. So do you think maybe we could just either move this along or just put it off for a little bit, a little bit of time? Well, I'm looking over. I'm looking over the notes right now, and it seems like everything's going as planned. But I mean, a lot of these notes are like just coming in. When you say notes, do you mean from the trial? Yes. Yeah, but how long are they expecting it to last? How the hell should I know? I don't think they have an. I don't think they have like a deadline or anything on this thing. This is, I mean, horrible thing for CM Punk. Oh yeah, and and again, he's, he's fortunate that he's fighting a bum. Because he could probably go in there and still still do well for himself. But what a horrible situation. And, and oh. let, me, let me tell you, I don't care who wins the court case, Sean. Couldn't care less. If, if Punk and Cabana win, if Dr. Amon wins, it doesn't mean the thing to me. But let me tell you something. Based on this, I hope CM Punk wins his fight. Because for him to have yeah. to deal with this shit on top of... And he's fighting at 170, right? Yeah. And he walks around at like 190, 195 usually. So that means that he's probably cutting weight. He's in training. He's still a you know, relatively inexperienced fighter. He's going to be going into a pay-per-view fight, which is pressure. He even said himself that he wishes he was on Fight Pass, but they're going to put it on pay-per-view. Yeah. He's dealing with all of that, and he's sitting in court all day wearing a suit, which sucks. That's a you know, terrible situation. I'm scheduled to leave for vacation on, uh, let's see, June 28th. I got a letter in the mail two days ago for a jury summons <laughs> Okay, for June 28th. There's an easy way out. There's an easy way out. <laughs> easy way out. What you do is you go there. Uh, oh, I'm sorry. Did you say that's after your vacation starts? Oh, yeah. It's the morning I'm flying out. Uh, okay. How is it compared to your flight time? Oh, about two hours after. Shit. Well, I'm going to tell them, hey, listen, I can... You mean your flight is two hours after? My flight is two hours before. Oh, no. If my flight was two hours after, yeah. I would just do it. I mean, yeah. Because all you do is you go air- in there. You- an airport's a ghost town on weekdays. And all you do is you go in, you point to the guy that's on trial, and you just make something up. Like, you fucker, you had it coming. I knew this was going to happen <laughs> to you kind of thing. You're going to get disqualified immediately. That's all you do. Well, I'm going to let them know of my situation. I have non-refundable plane tickets, essentially. And uh-huh. Hopefully they can schedule me maybe the next week or the week after or something like I that. I have to ask, did you submit the time off request? <laughs> yeah, I did. You know how I did it? Did you get it I approved? every fucking day for the last two years. Why are you raising your voice? Why are you raising your voice? I'm not raising my voice. I was just asking a question. Because I'm a real one. That's why. I'm sorry? <laughs> anyway, CM Punk, have you heard any more about the thing? They're just kind of going over the facts right now and all that crap. I asked you if you would send Steve Muehlhausen out there. I reached to out it. to him. Haven't heard back from him. Okay. All right. Well, whatever. It's, it Actually, sucks. I just heard back from him. Yeah? My God. Like three minutes ago. He yep. said he can cover it absolutely. Now, how? What's the process for that? Like, you you can't just show up, right? Like, don't you have to get on some kind of a credentialed list or something? Sure, he does. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, tell him I'll give him a per diem if he'll do that for us. 
Of course. As long as it doesn't last a month, because then we're out of business. That's true. That's a good point. Let's move on. I want to talk about a new signing by WWE. Uh, this is a Japanese wrestler by the name of Ayo, Ayo Shirai. Is that right? Shirai, yeah. Ayo Shirai? Ayo Shirai. And uh, I will admit I'd never heard of this person, but I looked up her highlight reel on YouTube. This girl is no joke. And uh, so it was reported by Tokyo Sports on May 28th that WWE has signed her, Iro Shirai. She's a 28-year-old woman from Japan. She wrestles for stardom currently in Japan. Apparently, she's finishing up there June 17. I suspect she's probably going to start out in Orlando. And uh, I looked up her highlight reel, and this girl is good, man. Oh, yeah. It's like uh, some of the stuff that that they have tape of her doing. Uh, The Springboard Moonsault she does looks great. The, uh, the Daniel Bryan dropkick into the nip-up, she does that. looks really, really good. The running double knee into the corner looks devastating the way she does it. She is going to be good, and it's amazing that WWE over the last few years has really embraced these big Japanese signings. Uh, Shinsuke Nakamura, Asuka, Kylie Sane, and they're all doing well. They're, they're being handled well. They're being booked well. Shinsuke Nakamura, at first, I was really pissed with his handling on the main roster because he's such a superstar uh, in terms of potential, but now they're handling them great, I think. It's great. Yeah. And they're handling them differently, and that's right. what I like. Right. Back in the day, it's like all of them got the same kind of push and all yes. that shit. I mean, if you were Japanese, you were Japanese. You know what I mean? That's this how they handled it. This is a far cry from them trying to force Kenzo Suzuki on us. Agreed. And he, I even thought he had a great look. Oh, he was trash, man. Had he a great was look, so though. bad. He was terrible. But His they... wife had a great look. She was awesome. She but... didn't really do much, right? She just kind of stood there. Did a lot more than he did. <laughs> All right. Well, anyway, I, uh, I think that this is a great signing, and I think that the women's division, as we've talked about, um, all around, the best that it's ever been. Between NXT yeah. and the main roster, the best it's ever been. And, uh, and the girls are just so much more capable now in terms of athleticism than they were. Do you remember the Jumping Bomb Angels? I do. They were excellent. Yes. And they were, they were as far as WWE goes especially, they were the exception for the most part. But, uh, but but oh, it's so funny because I listen to some of these, <laughs> some things that will talk about how, oh, like Trish and Lita were pioneers of women's wrestling, and I was like, I mean, not really. They they weren't. They were pioneers of women's wrestling not sucking as much in WWE, for WWE because yeah. of their inability to to book and. Uh, put a roster out there because the Jumping Bomb Angels were great. Yep. I like Wendy Richter. Uh, Medusa, Sherry Medusa Martell was, was great. Sherry Martell Medusa was great. great. Yeah. So. yeah. No, I agree. I mean, the one thing about Lita and Trish, not Trish more so than Lita. Lita was kind of a one-trick pony to me. Trish, uh, I thought, uh, did take it to another level. And But like you said, they were not women's wrestling pioneers. Maybe they were pioneers for that time in WWE. Yeah. And they were the first main event for Raw. So they were pioneers in that regard. But they were the, not. The thing is, if sorry to interrupt, if you look at the women that they had for that ten year span, the two the two thousands, they had enough talent to create a good women's division. Yes, it's just they would pepper it in with all these people who couldn't work and didn't have any real business being there. Stacey Keebler had business being there, not in a wrestling capacity, but in right. a character capacity because she was over. Right. But when you had like Beth Phoenix and Jazz and Molly Holly and Victoria. Uh, Ivory, Victoria. Yep. There, there was Gail Kim. You had the ability to do this a long time ago. 
It's just you would sprinkle in all these people who shouldn't have been there. And they got some okay hands out of that. Like Michelle McCool ended up being all right. But the problem was it was a different – because it was the Attitude Era time, they were too worried about bra and panty matches and all that crap. Yeah, and and pillow fight matches and just all that garbage. Now, now that they're in a PG world and they care more about advertisers now and, and getting mainstream advertisers, they're not, they should. Well, yeah, but they're not going to they're not going to do that stuff now because their advertisers yeah. aren't going to like it, and so they are focusing on the athleticism now. And uh, yeah, things are good. Things are good. And, and like I said, like I had never heard of this girl, and I looked her up, and uh, man, she's good. So she's she's going to be a good fit. I had somebody, Zach McDonald, saying Sumi Sakai started out in Ring of Honor in 2002 and stayed with the company. She was gone for like 10 years, bro. She barely <laughs> wrestled there for like a decade. But Are you yeah, shooting at a guy at McDonald's? Is that what you're doing right now? No. I mean, I, I like all of our viewers. I was just clearing that up. That was a topic in our in our chat. Uh, I wanted to clear it up. Okay. It's their 46-year-old women's champion over in Ring of Honor when they have Deanna Perrazzo and Kelly Klein and uh, – to Neil Dashwood, they say. put their title on the woman who appeared on one of their first shows in 2002 just to do it. Loyalty, well, whatever. Let's talk about Roman Reigns. So in the past, we've talked about uh, fan interaction with pro wrestlers and where the line is, right? Yeah. And you and I, we kind of had differing opinions but similar opinions. You know, my opinion always was when you when you choose a career that puts you in the public eye, you have to expect that you're going to be bothered when you're in public uh, so long as a certain line isn't crossed. And I want to talk about Roman Reigns because I'm actually going to defend him. So on May 27th, there's a guy named Carl Handy, and he posted. I wonder if he's related to Jack Handy, this guy. He posted <laughs> on Twitter that he saw Roman Reigns in Pensacola, Florida, and he claims that Roman treated his daughter badly when asking for an autograph. Roman responded with this tweet, and I just got it, so he'll put it up. And this is the tweet. Quote, first of all, it was a grown man that approached me while I was feeding my son's breakfast and talking to my daughter. Before I could finish saying, I'm sorry, but I don't get much time with my family, he stormed off calling me a sellout. That's the truth. Get your gossip right. And it should be noted that this man, Carl Handy, has deleted most of the tweets since where he was shitting on Roman Reigns. Yes, he did. Um, Now, I told you a story about I one time had dinner with the Bushwhackers. uh, And usually that's all you'd have to say, and that's the end of the story. Because that kind of tells itself. But I had dinner with the Bushwhackers, and they were bothered constantly during dinner. And all they would tell everybody is, just let me finish my meal. And when I finish my meal, I'll do whatever you want. Picture, autograph, just let me finish my meal. And everybody that we dealt with that day were very respectful. And and they would leave them alone. With the Roman Reigns thing, I would kind of treat it the same way. If you're Roman Reigns, you have to expect that people are going to come over and bother you during, during a meal. But they need to respect you if you say, just let me finish what I'm doing. Let me feed my son's breakfast. Let me hang out with my daughter. And then when we're done, I'll, I'll give you that picture kind of thing. And so for this guy to call him a sellout, and the guy was kind of using his daughter in order to make things look bad on Roman, when in reality it was him looking for the autograph. You know, whatever. So this is a rare occasion, I guess, where I'm defending Roman Reigns. I mean, as a person, I don't have any issues with Roman Reigns. Creatively, I do. but That's that's kind of what I mean. Yeah. Yeah. When you're on a screen, people think they can say or do anything they want. Like, I experienced that with like 10,000 followers. Reigns has about 3.3 million on Twitter. I couldn't imagine opening up his mentions, let alone being in his shoes to go out to eat. Can you imagine imagine if it was Roman Reigns that said on, on social media that Enzo Amore was guilty instead of you? Well, I, Roman probably would have just punched him in the face and kicked him out of the locker room. Well, he did one of the two, but that's true. He did. He did. 
Well, what I'm saying is, imagine the Enzo Enzo lovers shitting on Roman Reigns with his following. Although he's got probably more lovers than haters himself, so I guess it would kind of one would offset the other, I suppose. Yeah, I will say the Enzo stuff has calmed down the last day. I think even his followers are like, "All right, let's move on to something else now." Wait till he releases After. his new song. <laughs> yeah. Jesus. And, that, and um, that, that's the perfect segue. Let's go to stupid people. <laughs> This is a stupid song, it just goes on and on. You might find some meaning, but you would be wrong. Okay, thanks to TrevorStrong.org for the usage of the song. Check out his uh, website uh, if you're interested in that. Now, we have an extra one this week, Sean. Oh, and I should also mention, go to FightfulSelect.com after this podcast for Stupid People Extended, and we'll have more stuff for you there. Uh, I have an extra one this week, Sean. And uh, let, me, let, me, let me throw this question at Nigel this one so let's say that you've been mostly irrelevant in your field for several years okay uh this is not you nigel because you're relevant but let's say that you've been <laughs> let's say you've been mostly irrelevant in your field for, for several years you haven't really worked consistently uh then you strike gold because you got a major television network to agree to produce a reboot of your show from 30 uh, from 30 years ago okay. all right yeah and uh the show is a ratings hit you instantly get picked up for a new season you're suddenly a hot commodity again in hollywood you're probably going to make millions of dollars for the second season of your of your reboot and you have one unheard message hi i was calling current the influencer marketing platform but i think i just got redirected to a bunch of people listening to a podcast well, anyways, I was calling Kern because I was told they could help get my brand set up on TikTok Shop and even build out an affiliate program of content creators promoting my brand and even have those content creators go on live streams and promote my product there. Wow, <laughs> I could really use Current. <laughs> I also heard that the brands they work with are making millions in sales. I guess I'll just go to their website at current.tech. The future is a hefty responsibility and not one that we take lightly. But then taking things lightly has never been what hefty is about. That's why we've created the Hefty Renew program that turns hard to recycle plastics into valuable resources like park benches and building materials. To participate, simply fill up an orange Hefty Renew bag with accepted items, tie it up, and drop it in with your regular recycling. That's it. It's that easy. It's time to rethink recycling with Renew. Particular valued resources may vary by geography. More info available at heftyrenew.com. Then, uh, after all that, you decide to post a tweet. Go ahead and put that up, Nigel. All right. Do you think this is what you shouldn't do, Nigel? When you're that person that has been kind of irrelevant and haven't worked consistently, and then you kind of have a horseshoe up your ass, you get your reboot, and it does well. And this is probably the one thing you shouldn't do. Oh, yeah. Yeah, you'd probably want to cool it on the ambient there. You might want to cool it on that. So Roseanne Barr, who is uh, Sean's favorite actor and, and musician, she uh, she posted a tweet, and she was taking a shot at somebody by the name of Valerie Jarrett, who I understand was uh, Barack Obama's uh, one of advisor. their advisors. Yeah. And uh, she it was essentially a racist tweet. She said uh, she's the product of the Muslim Brotherhood and Planet of the Apes. Based on that tweet, not only did ABC – and that happened on uh, this past Tuesday. Based on that tweet, not only did ABC cancel the show, even though it was their biggest ratings hit – uh, which is balls. Not only did they cancel that show, but a lot of the smaller channels that had the old show in syndication have canceled the syndication deals oh. as well. Uh, 
And so Roseanne came out because now she's in, you know, oh shit, I have to uh, smooth things over because my meal ticket just went out the window. So now she's claiming that she was on Ambien, which is a sleep aid. And the maker of Ambien, a company by the name of Sanofi, actually uh, posted a message on social media <laughs> saying, quote, racism is not a known side effect. <laughs> you, you know what's sad about this is that given the landscape right now socially, I have to preface this by saying I don't talk about politics on my Twitter. But this shouldn't be a political thing. This isn't a political yeah. thing. It shouldn't be no. a political thing. But some people are making it a political thing. Well, because of her, her pro-Trump uh, Yeah, views? man. You don't know how many comparisons I've seen to people like people saying, double standard. People make fun of Trump and his skin all the time. And I'm like, a shitty spray tan is not an ethnicity. Yeah, this is way oh, yeah. different, I think. It's way different. And, and let me tell you something. We, we've talked about this before, and you know that I don't really get offended by anything. And, and I wasn't offended by the tweet, but I thought it was really fucking dumb. Because and, and how many times have I said to you, Sean, about when somebody makes a decision about something, I always try to look at what's the benefit of that, of that decision. Yeah. What was the benefit of her doing that tweet? There was zero None. benefit. Zero. She wants to be fucking edgy. Yeah, that's why. Yeah, yeah. There she was... wants to be fucking edgy, and yeah. she's a moron, and she always was. She's a big was. moron. And, and, and the thing about this, too, is not only did she cost herself potentially millions of dollars, she cost the jobs of the production staff, the other actors on the show. She probably she cost like probably well over 100 jobs because of that. Let me ask you, is one of the side effects of Ambien – Grabbing your own clam after you horribly sing the national anthem. Did she do that? I don't remember that. <laughs> oh, really? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Did she and do that because they the... booed her? Is that why? No, because she sang a horrible rendition of the national anthem in the 80s or no, 90s. No, I remember that. But... It was during a baseball game, but they booed yeah. her. So did she do that in retaliation for them booing her? Who gives a shit why she did it? <laughs> well, she did it. I mean, Michael Jackson made a career off of it, you know? I mean, I don't yeah, know. Yeah, he did, but he sang very well. Yeah, a lot is forgiven if you can sing very well. So what you're saying is if she did the anthem well, then touching her vag was cool? Is that what you're saying? Michael Jackson That's allegedly what he said, right, touched right? A, Nigel? Listen to yeah, me. Michael Jackson touched allegedly a whole lot more than some Ooh. bad Whoa, whoa, whoa. That's, we're yeah. not going in that direction. Uh, we're just talking about Roseanne doing the national it anthem. You mentioned it. You I didn't mention oh, that. Well, if you can sing good, you can get away. Yeah, apparently you can. <laughs> Nigel, did I say that, Nigel? Yeah. I, no, I did not. I don't. I don't think you. Just, you. No. Listen. Listen. Look at me. Look at me. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, when I first heard about this, so so I heard about the Roseanne thing uh, before the show was canceled. Like when it first came out. Oh, look what she said, kind of thing. I immediately thought they're going to cancel the show because we've learned through wrestling, and wrestling is on a just just a. This ABC thing is on a way other level from pro wrestling. But we've seen with wrestling when guys post things on social media and they get in shit with WWE, you just don't do it. And in a situation like this, of course ABC's sponsors were going to boycott, which is what they did, which is what led to the cancellation of the show in part. Of course they were going to boycott. She's a moron. And yeah, uh, so I had to add, I had to add that. Friday. What's that? She's going to be on the Rogan podcast this Friday. And she's not canceling the appearance? I mean, she announced it after. Ooh, yeah, that'd be interesting. I feel, I feel real bad for the cast, the crew. That yeah, it's true. Absolutely, given another opportunity. Absolutely, because they were all stoked that they were they were coming back for another season, right? So yep. Let's move on and get to the uh, the other news. So this first one, this was actually sent in by Derek, my employee. Oh yeah. 
telling me that, uh, Derek, if you're listening, maybe you're, uh, you need to work more, bud. Although, since you're listening <laughs> to my podcast, since you're listening to my podcast, I can probably let it go. But he sent this in, uh, and it was reported by CBC News on May 16, and now I just got a picture. So someone in London, Ontario, Canada, Sean, put a World War One artillery shell out on their curbside for garbage pickup. Nigel, put that up. Can't wait to see this one. Someone else that was walking by recognized what it was, called the police. The police came out, took a look at it, called the bomb squad. Bomb squad came out, discovered that it was still live, and discovered that it contained 20 to 30 pounds of explosives. Now, here's the thing. Are they stupid for putting it out there? Or are they stupid for not selling it to a museum? Let's just say both, if you want to, you know, in that, in that regard. I would like to know how they put it out there. Like, was it heavy? Did they roll it down the driveway? You know what I'm saying? I was hoping this ended like the Joe Dirt story where they knocked off the cap of it and it was actually an old crapper tank. Well, in this case, it wasn't. There was not, yeah. 20, there was not 20 or 30 pounds of shit. There was 20 or 30 pounds of explosives. And uh, they were very fortunate that they were able to detonate it without incident. So... What kind of damage would that do? Oh, a lot. Man. A lot. It's not exactly a cherry bomb in a toilet, Sean. <laughs> well, yeah. Have you been throwing cherry bombs in toilets? I'm just going by what I've heard. Have you ever <laughs> thrown a cherry bomb in a toilet? No, I have not. That seems like an unusual I was like, thinking of the movies and stuff like up. that. I was thinking of the you movies, know I mean? you know? In no, I have not. I have not. What, what movie have you watched where people are blowing their turds out of a toilet with a cherry bomb? Uh, let me think. There was one. It was like a like a high school prank movie, and the guy was like taking a shit, and somebody put one in there first, and he like flew up to the to the ceiling. I remember on Boy Meets World, they threw one in like a one of the postal things, like the the big blue uh... a mailbox, Sean. <laughs> okay, yeah, a mailbox. <laughs> I didn't want to insinuate that it was. Like, I think I'd, I think I'd rather call it the big blue postal thing. <laughs> big blue postal yeah, uh, yeah. I didn't want to. That's not bad. The, in, an individual's mailbox. It belonged to the post office, and it was like a season-long storyline about how guilt-ridden they were over it. I mean, I would be too if I blew up a postal thing. You know, a big, big blue, blue postal. Thing. A bl- big blue postal thing. So this next one, Sean, I'm going to tell a story associated with this Jimmy, one. I've seen it in movies, Van. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Haven't you guys? Yeah. Ready yeah. For the nicknames <laughs> there you go. The live chat. Hit us with the nicknames. Uh, you know, and enjoy yourself with the nicknames. That's good. So yeah. this, this next one, uh, and I don't, I don't want to get political, but I'm probably going to here, Sean. <laughs> so this was reported by the Associated Press on May 29. I bet you Nigel's heard of this one. Do you know who Jesse Duplantis is? No. Okay. Jesse Duplantis is is a TV evangelist. Oh, I do know who he is. Oh, you know that who he is. Okay, so I, uh, I, I, we talked about it before. I'm not a religious sort. I know that you are not a religious sort either, Sean. Uh, to be quite frank, I don't really think much of organized religion. But my wife is Christian. I respect that. I respect people if they're very religious. That's that's your thing. You know, it doesn't bother me. But I'm not into it personally. This Jesse Duplantis, he's out of Louisiana. He is indicative of why I'm not religious and why I don't think of organized religion because monkeys like this feed off people's faith, right? And you know what this idiot uh, said and it went viral? On May 21, so he does a weekly video address. And on the May 21st edition of his weekly video address, he asked uh, his, his followers to give him money so that he can buy a 50, $54 million private jet 
And the reason that he wants to buy the jet is, quote, Jesus Christ wouldn't be riding a donkey. He'd be in an airplane flying all over the world. <laughs> Gonna have to hit him with the... <laughs> Who are the people that really believe this? Like, Oh, there's a lot, Sean. And, and it gets I mean, worse. I, I see some of the Facebook evangelists. Like, there's that Joshua Feuerstein guy, the, the Starbucks red cup guy, if you remember him. That was uh, popping up and being like, <gasps> Starbucks is against God. <laughs> that, that fucking nerd. Well, here's how it gets worse. So this guy, this Jesse Duplantis, he already owns three private jets. That he, and, and he paid for them in cash through ministry donations. And now he wants one called a Falcon 7X <laughs> because it's a three-engine plane that will allow him to fly in one stop and reduce fuel costs. Yeah. Yeah, oh my god. So I'm wondering who the people are that give him money because like the guy that I just mentioned, he tries to sell shirts like, you know, those the property of Jesus shirts and the I stand for the flag shirts. This guy is like, "Nah, just give me money." So here's my where I fourth jet. Here's where I tell you a story and uh, my wife might get upset by the story, although she might Uh-oh. not. She might not. <laughs> I'm going to tell it. When I was engaged, my wife is Christian, but she doesn't go to church every week because uh, we're busy with life. But when I was engaged, my wife said, hey, I want to go see my childhood pastor and see if he'll marry us, right? Okay, cool. Yeah. Let's go to his mass, and then we'll talk to him. Okay, good. We go to this place. This guy was non-denominational, Sean. You know why they're non-denominational? Why is that? Nigel, do you know why certain pastors are non-denominational? I'm going to go with broad-based appeal, but... Uh, that's what they'll tell you. <laughs> They're non-denominational, money. so they don't have to give any of the money to the church. Ah, you're right. That's why. Okay. So I walk into this monkey's uh, church, <laughs> all right? And just so you know, in case anyone's new to the show, I don't mean that in racist terms. I call lots of people monkeys. It's when I think they're idiots, right? doesn't yeah. matter black, white, green, or red. I call you a monkey if I think you're an idiot. So I walk into this guy's church, Sean. And there's lots of people there and they have like projector screens for, you know, because they got cameras that are shooting the guy and everything. Right. And he goes up there, Sean. And when he goes up there, he's holding three books. Right. And he goes up and the first thing he says is, ah, here's two new books that I've written. And here's this other thing I've written. And if you want them, they're in my gift shop right over there. (laughs) Right. Then when it's time for the donation part of this thing, you know, when it's time to get the whatever, he had digital kiosks in the back. So that if you didn't bring a cash envelope, you could use your credit card and you could go and pay digitally at the digital kiosk. How long ago was this? I got married in 14 and we got engaged uh, the year before. So okay. it was probably 13-ish. I was thinking it was even longer than that. And I was like, my my God, was he rolling with a kiosk in like 08? Yeah, I know. It was like 13. That's, that's so, then, so then I'm sitting bad. there. I'm sitting there and I lean into my wife and I say to my wife, this guy's not marrying us. And I said to her, this guy's not a preacher. This guy's a carny. This guy's a, a used car salesman. That's what this guy is. a pro wrestling fan. Right? Well, oh, but I'm not later. done, Sean. I'm not done. It gets worse. It gets worse. So then, you know when you see on TV, like Benny Hinn stuff, when people are standing oh, yeah. and they're going like this and they're saying amen and stuff like that? The jacket routine is one of my favorites. No, but there were actually parishioners that were actually doing that. They were actually standing up and going like this. And amen. And he actually did the thing where he'd put his hand on their forehead and they'd fall down. Like he actually did that. And I was saying to my wife, these people are fucking idiots. Like he's, he's, it's a money thing for them. Here's where it got, here's where it got worse. We go, we meet him afterwards. Right. And he found out I have my own company. Mm -hmm. 
And the first thing that this guy says to me before we even talk about the wedding, he goes, so uh, have you ever bought investment property in like the Caribbean? Ah, shit. He primo and epicode you. He had a friggin' brochure. And because he wanted to buy investment property in the Caribbean with donations from for, for his stupid ministry, right? And then what happened was this guy said to me, you know what, James, I have a vacation scheduled for that time of your wedding, but I'm going to do this for you guys. I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to prolong my vacation or I'm going to delay it and I'm going to marry you guys and we're good to go. Right. A week later, I also gets a call because this guy didn't have the balls to look me in the eyes and tell me the truth. A week later, my wife gets a call saying, uh, he won't marry you guys because you're living together pre-marriage. And I was like, that piece of shit didn't even have the balls to tell me that. He told me to my face, we're going to do this thing. And I said to my wife, he's a carny. He's a used car salesman. If I remembered his name, I'd say it on the air because he was. And this is, this is a reason that I'm not big on religion is because of monkeys like that that take advantage of people's faith. Like this Jesse Duplantis with his fourth private jet. That's why I'm all, not big in organized that's been going religion. through my mind the last two minutes is how we can make an intro out of this if you ever bring me back to Toronto. So, like, okay, I'm going to see if I can find video footage of him on YouTube because I have no problem calling him out. If I can find video footage of him on YouTube, maybe we'll do something. Or maybe we'll just do I, something I in general. I want to see you in the Aware Ads office like whipping Greg with a jacket to heal him. <laughs> all of a sudden, he never, he never wants to drink again. You know something? If I leaned into Greg and said, you want your commission next month? He would fall flat on his ass, Sean. That's what you should do. That would be even better. That would be even better. It would. We How could... are those sales looking? All of a sudden, somebody takes a back. <laughs> Maybe we'll do something, man. But that's uh, – I went off on a tangent there because I get pissed off about this kind of stuff. You know what I mean? Because a lot of these yeah. people that donate money, they don't have a lot of money, Sean. Oh, dude. Yeah. Okay, so I uh, took care of my grandma for a long time. Still, Still give her money on her own like because she's on her own now every month but like i would review her bills and stuff for her and i would find like weird shit on the phone bill and stuff charges that were supposed to have been canceled like years and years and years before right but these companies know her age they know that she won't notice it herself like there were a couple different times where i caught like charges that added up to four figures over the course of six or seven years right. that these people had to end up paying back because I contacted a family attorney, our family attorney, and I was like, hey, listen, can you can you write a letter? Can you do anything? Before it even got that far, they were like, oh, shit, I'm sorry. One company that had supposedly been out of business for two years was still charging her. Right. Like a lot of weird shit, man. And that's just something that she didn't even consent to. I should like, have, but she wouldn't have she, even known. Exactly. She may have hit like a wrong button on a phone right. to approve a charge. These people prey on other people. Absolutely. Like these, and they're like, oh, we need it. You take that dollar, you're sowing a seed, and you'll get $2. Right. Then you give me 50 cents of that, right. and you'll get $5. Then you give me $3 of that. Like I'd like to know I'd like to know like I realize again that these these evangelists they prey on people that their faith kind of clouds their judgment and I get that but if you're like a fan of this guy or a follower of this guy how do you take him seriously when he says I want to buy a 54 million dollar private jet like how do you take him seriously after that Well I mean I also want to buy a 54 million dollar jet and I hope <laughs> you take me seriously when I say that however I'm not going to ask them for money for that. No, you might ask me for money. what I'll tell them is that they can spend their money on (laughs) FightfulSelect.com because you and I 
filmed alternate commentary, or really essentially commentary, yeah. on a, a match featuring Bobby Roode from 2001. And one of my new favorites, El Tornado. El Tornado, Mark Bartolucci, yeah. I am yeah. a fan of his. You all can get uh, Q&A shows, retro review podcasts, dark match commentary, UFC rankings breakdowns. I'm doing a new feature called If It Were a Work, If It Were a Shoot, where I examine WWE and UFC predictions from the opposite. That'll be a lot of fun. You can get like Fightful bumper stickers, shirts. You can get a copy of Jimmy Van's book. There is legit like a ton of stuff over there. And we won't even ask you for $54 million to get you on a plane. Because we have a sponsor level tier over there for one easy payment of five grand <laughs> that'll get you on an airplane to Toronto and have you filming the list and your boy with us. Oh, by the way, it gets you a sponsorship slot on every Fightful podcast for six months. It would be more expensive for you to pay for that just flat out and not get a flight to Toronto. But you also get the famed Jeff Jarrett laser engraved guitar so omg.com if you want to fly to toronto <laughs> bring us some butter it's butter <laughs> fat yeah it's butter fat yeah they said they can't ship I'll... it here because of dairy i can see that laws, so i can, can see just that bring it so sean <laughs> you know you went on that big tangent and i appreciate it and all the big sell <laughs> we still haven't done the sean ross sap file news story yet oh son of a bitch yeah. <laughs> You went on your tangent, and you didn't let me get to the Sean Ross Sapp file, man. So we're going to have to reel it back for this because this is a good one. Nigel, as soon as he saw the photos, he said, oh, we're still getting demonetized. And I said, I, you know I don't care. So we're going to do it anyway. So this was reported by the UK Sun on May 28. A 26-year-old man from India, because it seems these people are always from India or China, he, uh, he admitted himself into the hospital to get a six-inch handheld shower head removed from his ass. No. Nigel, put that. Put the image up. Which one are you putting up, by the way? Uh, I'll put up the x-ray first. The x-ray, okay. It went deep into his pelvis. <laughs> Fortunately, it did not cause any internal damage. The man denied that he put it there himself, <laughs> and instead he claimed that he accidentally slipped in the bathroom, and that's what happened. That's sure. what he said. Now, here's the best part. There's a medical journal, journal that I'd never heard of called BMJ, uh, and they do case reports on medical uh, incidents or whatever. And they actually did a case report on this. And what's funny is you read the report, because everything that they say in the report, it's all kind of written with a serious tone kind of thing, even though the story is ludicrous. And here's a quote from this medical journal in relation to this uh, story. Quote, history is often ambiguous and incomplete due to a high level of embarrassment and social stigma attached to the condition. The same was seen in our case, though the patient reported accidental insertion of the shower head and denied voluntary insertion. There is a high suspicion of voluntary insertion for autoerotic purpose. So they yeah, actually so like used a very serious tone to explain that he shoved the thing up his ass. So. When I watch horror movies, I like to watch movies that seem a little more realistic. Helps me get into them a little bit more. Like Friday I can the 13th. Believe, I can believe that something this horrible could actually happen. Nightmare on Elm Street? It, it immerses me in the movie. No. <laughs> Halloween? Comedy movies I give a little more leeway to, but when I watched American Pie, I was like, there's no way this shit would happen. Oh, this he, segment every somebody's single fucked week, a pie, Sean. This, this segment every single week leads me to believe that all of that stuff has happened across every film. Even the shitty, like, straight-to-DVD ones. Oh, yeah. All that stuff has happened somewhere in the past. Did you know that they filmed two different scenes of him banging the pie? 
I mean, you, did you know that, Nigel? No, I didn't. So there's one, and I, I shouldn't know this, but I do. So there's one <laughs> where he is standing uh, holding the pie, like, on his area. Mm-hmm. And there's another what one. Uh, his uh, his uh, uh, his genital area, Sean. His genital area, genital area. I didn't. Genital I didn't. Area. Huh? Yeah, I didn't. I didn't want to like turn into Sean and say right in the penis. No, you didn't do it right. Go ahead and do it. So the right other the scene. Office. Go ahead. The other scene. He was riding the pie on the kitchen island. <laughs> yeah, and I know this because I've seen both. I think like the DVD I had had alternate scenes oh, or okay. something. Version and all that. Yeah, that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, that's how I knew. Yeah. Okay. Well, there I you guess go. I can. I can transition right into a segment with. Madison Rain, who was back in Impact Wrestling for about the ninth time, it seems, I asked her why it is that she is able to hold such a positive relationship despite the constant changes in regime. You've been in and out of Impact Wrestling uh, several times, regardless of regime. What do you think contributes to what seems like such an amicable relationship, despite whatever regime may be in charge? With me personally? Yes. Um, I've always tried my very best in a business that has the potential to get very dramatic um, to always just go to work and, and remember that it doesn't feel like work. And at the end of the day, everybody who's there, everybody who's part of the company, um, they're living their dream job. I mean, we... <laughs> We wake up every day and get to go perform and do what we love and what we've loved since we were kids. And in those moments, I mean, I'm human. I have moments where I want to bang my head against the wall at work. But in those moments, I just remind myself that this is I'm literally living my dream job. And there's really no better um, situation to be in. Um, And, you know, the, the other thing that I have done in those times of you know, I spoke of ups and downs throughout the company and those down times, you just kind of put, um, put, you put blinders on and you mute maybe social media and the world and everybody who is trying to tell you of the demise of something that's coming. Um, because that's that, the absolute best thing you can do. I mean, not, not just with impact, not just with wrestling, but you know, you are there and I have been there and I have seen, um, you know, what the real story is. And, and so I just put on, put on blinders and kind of try to shut out um, the negativity. And I think that maybe that's probably helped me in all of my ins and outs and backs and forces through the company. (laughs) And we're back. (laughs) (laughs) Sorry. We just got that. Yeah. Yeah. To, uh, I guess, expand on the Enzo thing. I had somebody saying, why wouldn't Enzo be mad at, at you you cost him his job. No, WWE. What? Yeah, that's that's the weirdest thing about. Somebody ever said heard. that on Twitter. Yeah, no. uh, they they said yeah they said it to me on Twitter and then blocked me. Go figure. But, unbelievable, um, unbelievable. I mean, you know I what, like, Sean? I would take it as a compliment that they think that you have I that mean, kind of authority. It's not even that. I mean, I don't dislike or like an Enzo Amore. That's that's just it. WWE yeah. wasn't aware of what was going on until media contacted them about it. Yep. And then they fired him. I actually was always entertained know. by him. I was entertained by him. Yeah. But uh, I guess when when you think of it from the from the perspective of the employer, I thought that he was a pain in the ass. 
Yeah, I'm really excited to not talk about the Enzo thing. And like, just all these people think I dislike him. Right. I do not dislike the dude. And I could see why he's angry and wants to blame somebody, but are you going to blame every reporter that did their job? I mean, yeah. I had to talk to WWE sources. Yep. It's, you know, I, I guess one person isn't enough for him to blame. Well, good luck to real one. So, uh, I had a whole bunch of stuff that I wanted to get to on this podcast, but we've gone off on these tangents today, so I have to cut down a little bit. So yeah. I'm just going to throw out some independent uh, wrestling news and stuff like that. I have some WWE stuff about Nia Jax and Ronda Rousey, but that, that stuff doesn't really matter, I guess, this week. So let's talk about All In first, the All In show in September. So uh, Nick Aldis, the NWA champion, he's confirmed for that show. He's going to defend the title against Cody Rhodes on that show. Now on June 29th, Ring of Honor's Best of the World pay-per-view, Cody's going to be in a triple threat match for the Ring of Honor title against uh, Dalton Castle, who's the champion, and Marty Skrull. So Aldis, who is also now doing Ring of Honor dates, uh, has said, if Cody Rhodes wins the title, I want our match at All In to be title for title. And uh, I wanted to mention this because I really want to give props to Billy Corgan. This whole thing is great for the NWA. The fact it's fantastic. That it's phenomenal for him. They're getting their champion booked with Ring of Honor, and now they're getting all the social media uh, plugs and stuff for All In because of his uh, his association. And you know it's because Cody Rhodes has that old school feel about the NWA yeah. because of his dad, right? So uh, good, on, remember, good on NWA. Remember the long-form feature I did from old to gold uh, on the NWA title and Tim Storm and all that stuff? So Somebody just opened is, your door, Sean. Yeah, they did. Uh, it was Tell the cast ghost. to stay the fuck out. It was oh. a ghost. There's nobody there, but you're about to see some cats. I guarantee. Oh, yeah? Just, yeah, you're going to see some cats. The crooked tail one is either, or was it no tail? Crooked I forget. Crooked tail. No tail. Is it no tail? We okay. have a kitten with no tail that we're about to give away as well. Oh. But every decade, it seems like NWA is able to attach themselves to a, a relevant promotion. In the 80s, it was WCW. In the 90s, it was WCW, ECW, and, and WWE, WWE yeah. or WWF at a point. TNA in the 2000s and later on Ring of Honor. Uh, this decade, it's been New Japan for a while and Ring of Honor. Good. Perseverance. I like it. I, it the story is automatically there. With Cody Rhodes, you could have just said, going after the title that his dad held, and bam, the story's there. But they didn't stop there. Right. They went, they expanded on it, and now they've got the Flip Gordon thing that you mentioned last week, which yep. I thought was a brilliant idea. Yep. I think he weasels his way into that match somehow. And... Uh, but maybe not now that it's title for title, but... Well, it's I not title it's for great. title yet. He's got to yes. win the title first, right? Yeah. So There's still months until that happens. I think it's I think it's great. It's good storytelling. Yep, I think so too. So Impact Wrestling. So uh, they're doing a show. Again, we're doing this on May 30th. They're doing a one-night-only taping this Sunday. It's a joint promotion with Santino Morello's Destiny Wrestling out of Mississauga, Ontario, which is uh, next to Toronto here. I think Nigel's from Mississauga, I think. Yep. Uh, and this taping is going to feature the likes of Austin Aries, Rich Swan, Sammy Callahan, Matt Seidel, Pentagon Jr., Moose, Eddie Edwards. Uh, the reason I'm mentioning this is because we're working on a new studio up on another floor in this building. And when the studio's done, I'm going to reach out to, uh, to Santino and I'm going to reach out to uh, um, maybe Scott Demore and see about whenever they bring guys in for these tapings, maybe we can grab them and do an interview with them in the studio first. Yeah, that would make sense. Yeah. Also, they're doing a press conference next week. Who are you sending? At Real Sports, right? At Real Sports. That's interesting. Bar and Grill, yeah. Oh, it's a massive bar. Massive. And it's uh, it's part of the Toronto Maple Leafs complex downtown. I want to check it out sometime. 
Yeah, it, oh, it's it's got the biggest screen I think I've ever seen in my life. It's like literally two or three two or three stories, the screen inside. But uh, ah, good for them. I mean, I when I hear things like that, I think to myself, are they really doing a press conference at a venue like that, or are they just showing up? You know what I mean? Kind of like the uh, the all in one at the t shirt shop. With well, they the, didn't just show with, up with the boxes I mean. on with the boxes on the shelves and uh, the eight foot tall black curtain. And one microphone for three guys to use so that the PR person decided, I'm just going to yell from the podium. So, yeah. You know, I don't like cheap production, and that was weak, Sean. But they sold out the show, so good for them. Yeah? Yeah. How do you think Impact will do with their uh, their pay-per-view, Slammiversary? Uh, where is it again? It's at the uh, Rebel Nightclub, right? The nightclub, yeah. Mm. They'll sell it out. It's only, how much, what's capacity, 800? No, way more than that. No, not for wrestling. Is it for wrestling? I don't know that wrestling's ever been there. No, but but there was a theater set up, and I thought it was set up for like 800 for wrestling. Yeah, yeah. So I think for that, they'll do all right, I think. Uh, Okay, let's talk about the Mae Young Classic. Sure. So PW Insider reports that they're going to be, WWE's going to start searching for talent for the second annual tournament. They're planning tapings in August at Full Sail in Orlando. And the field is going to be a mix. It's going to be some performers from last year's tournament and then some, some fresh faces as well. I, when I first heard about that, I thought, well, with the TV contracts they're about to sign, they, it's not exactly like they're going to be short on funds to ramp up network content. Right? Well, Chelsea yeah. Green says that uh, she, Britt Baker, and Santana Garrett haven't been contacted yet. So, and those are three of the biggest names not signed by WWE. Right. Uh, with that means that they won't be, who knows. But if they don't get at least two of those three, I'm just sitting there like, what the hell are they doing? Those are three of the best and most prominent out there right now. Do you remember back when uh, the Owen Hart thing was happening where they were calling him a nugget? And who, who called Owen Hart a nugget? Was it DX? I think so, yeah. Okay. And the idea was he was a nugget because no matter how many times you flush, he just won't stay down, right? Yeah. And that, that's why they called him a nugget. The reason I'm bringing this up is because today's equivalent of that is Global Force Wrestling. No matter how many times you flush that toilet bowl, Sean, that nugget keeps popping back up to the surface. And, uh, and there was a, a, an announcement that made, if you even want to call it an announcement, I guess, but there was an announcement made that Global Force Entertainment is going to be uh, partnering up with Fight TV to produce content for the Fight TV platform. Now... The reason, not that I want to disrespect Global Force because I have fun with it already, but if you go to fight.tv, they already have a ton of content from a ton of entities, big and small, on that Yeah, they have your boy calling some fights on Fight TV this Saturday. Okay, so I don't want to screw that up for you, but uh, they they, they have like Booker T's podcast, they have Rumble in the Cage MMA, they have Defiant Wrestling, they have Voice of Wrestling stuff. It's not like they essentially have the elite of the elite. They have whatever they can get. And well, so, not until this Saturday when Premier MMA Championship 8 broadcasts live from the hit sports complex in Covington, Kentucky, where I will be doing play-by-play commentary. Then they'll have that. Okay. So when this announcement was made— You can also see that on Spectrum Sports, by the way. When this announcement was made, I thought this really isn't an announcement because Global Force is just getting their shit added to a platform that has all kinds of other shit. But it it came out, and I thought I'd mention it. Yeah, it's funny because in 
early 2014, I thought that was going to be the next boom of wrestling content. You had Global Force, Lucha Underground. New Japan just had a new thing. Impact was switching all around. Raw and SmackDown, there was a lot of movement there. Ring of Honor was getting on Destination America as well. Mm -hmm. There was a lot going on at that point. And I was like, wow, why wouldn't they? Why wouldn't he start up his own thing? A lot of people like him as a booker. It went away and he decided he's going to try to ride the next wave, I guess. Yeah, I mean, whatever. Like I said, he's he's they can't flush him, man. Like you, you keep on hitting it, and it just pops back up. So good for him. They, they, you know? they don't have any champions right now. They they combined all their champions with Impact last year. Yeah, that was good decision making. Yeah, so moving on, like, right. what do you think of the situation with MLW and WWE? So I actually reached out to Court Bauer. A little backstory on this guy's. WWE reached out to MLW talent because MLW now has TV on BN Sports. And no matter the size, small or large, apparently, if you get on TV, mm -hmm. WWE gets pissing their Cheerios and they're like, ah, shit, <laughs> let's, let's get everybody. Let's prevent. Unless they smoke weed, then we won't hire them. It's basically so the not... 80s all over again. That's what it is. So weird. So they contacted some MLW talent and... Court Bauer, the owner of MLW, was actually there while they did it. In New Orleans. And he, yeah, in New Orleans. And, and what was Court Bauer's job back in the day? He was a writer for WWE. Exactly. Exactly. And he told them, hey, these guys are under contract, as did the people under contract. And the effort was still made on WWE's behalf to do it. So Court Bauer told me in the exclusive story we reported on Fightful.com that he has notified them via the proper channels to kind of cut the shit out so i think if i learned anything through the mike awesome situation and anybody that wasn't a, a fan of wrestling then and actually nigel and melissa both of them so back in the day there was three major promotions wwe wcw and ecw those were the big three in the u.s the champion of ecw was a guy by the name of mike awesome he was under contract to ecw while he was under contract to ecw he showed up on television with wcw uh, and WCW's mentality was, well, we're owned by Time Warner at the time, and ECW was low on money, and fuck them. That was more or less the mentality. Wow. And so they ended up cutting a deal uh, by which Mike Awesome had to go back to ECW to drop the title on television. And ECW tried to outsmart WCW by actually partnering up with WWE and getting a WWE talent to win the title for Mike Awesome. Sure. Uh, which was Taz, of course. The reason I'm bringing this up is because... Because Shane Strickland's going to show up on Raw with the MLW title. Right, right, right. No, the reason I'm bringing it up is because if WWE wants an MLW talent bad enough, they're going to get them. And that's, a, that's, that's just how it is. I mean, and eventually. No, they'll get them whenever they want them. If, if, if there's a guy... Who gives a shit, Sean? What's MLW going to do? Are they going to buy him out? Yeah, they could buy him out. But other than that, they're contractually obligated. Okay, so what? So what? M so ML what? MLW, Sean... In terms of finances, all right? And, I, and I'm just giving you the corporate truth about things because this is the corporate truth. MLW in terms of finances, all right, is basically this cup of water right here. Contracts you are pretty this? black and white. WWE does not like to do have anything to do no, with contract tampering. My, here's my point. My point is if WWE chooses to do things the right way, which they probably will, because it's not like MLW's got Brock Lesnar under contract, right? So unless – if WWE chooses to do things the right way, which they probably will, nothing's going to happen. Right. If WWE decides we really want that guy, they're going to get that guy. And contracts that, are pretty black and white, man. They they have okay. never been interested in contract with, tampering. With all due respect, Sean, don't be a moron, okay? Because I'm going to tell you one more time. 
They're probably going to When, do when has the right WWE way. ever been interested in contract tampering? No, this, this is not contract tampering. They, 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 yeah, it is. No. If they are under contract for multiple years as reported, Sean, you're not, the, you're not this fucking stupid, all right? This is not contract How tampering. How is that not fucking contract tampering? Okay, if you'll stop yelling, I'll explain it to you, you idiot, all right? This is not contract tampering. What this would be is this would be Vincent Mann telling Court Bauer, I want that guy. I'm taking that guy. Here's a check. Shut the fuck up. So and I'm buyout, taking him. Just like I said yeah. 12 weeks ago. A uh, buyout. Not a buyout. It wouldn't be a buyout. That, that, is exact, that is the definition of a buyout. No, it's not. That is a buyout of a contract. No. Yes, it is. No. That is literally the definition. No, because I, I guarantee you that these MLW guys, Sean, they're being probably paid per taping. All right. These contracts do not have an annual value to them. They're probably being paid per taping. Right. So there is no annual value to these contracts, Sean. There isn't. They're probably being paid per taping. That is literally what I just said. No, you didn't. No, you didn't. Yes. No, this is not like the NHL, Sean, where somebody signs for $8 million a year over 10 years, $80 million, right? That's not what this is. Buying MLW contract is still a buyout. No, they're not. They wouldn't be buying the contract. That's... They wouldn't be because it's completely different. In WWE, you're paid a, a certain value for a certain period of time. MLW, it's probably a per diem per taping. Probably. It's not probably. the same thing. Probably. You don't know. Oh, it's not the same thing, Sean. Probably. No. So you don't know. It's so not the calling, same thing. You're just calling the guy that's been talking to Court Bauer a fucking idiot, you know, reporting shit for your site. That's just, no, just, I'm not calling him an idiot. I'm uh, not calling uh, him an idiot. What I'm no, saying... you're calling me an idiot. Well, I did because sometimes you talk when you don't necessarily understand everything, Sean. Oh, oh. Sometimes, so guy, so sometimes I want to educate you, Sean. hasn't been reading up on the contract situation, hasn't been talking to MLW, hasn't been following the news of the situation. So what is the MLW contract situation? I told you the situation. They extended information to WWE saying, piss off contacting our contracted I talent. understand. I'm, I'm saying, said, how were the contracts structured in MLW, Sean? I don't know. Why don't you tell me? Since but you, you just know. said you do. You since just you said know. you do. I, I said I've been talking to Court Bauer. When's the last time you talked to anybody from MLW? I don't need to talk to anybody from MLW. No, you can assume it and call your managing editor an idiot on the air instead. <laughs> I don't. I, I mean, I'm not calling you. Instead of letting me do my fucking job, I'm not calling you an idiot in general terms you today. Did. Not after today. I to you after I said to you, WWE could very well offer a buyout of the contract, offer them some form of money to say, okay, yeah, maybe that guy's not worth it, and we'll take the buyout instead. Of course they could. Yeah, but like I don't consider. I don't consider. Looked at people to do that on Fightful and say. Hey, maybe if you don't want to do this anymore, we can buy you out of that. That shit happens all the time. Fine. I guess it's semantics. I don't consider it a buyout. It's the same thing. I don't consider it a buyout. Because they're probably paid per diem for a certain number of tapings. And it would be it would be WWE, honestly. It'd be them giving Court Bauer like cash in a briefcase kind of thing. The talent would yeah, completely much. separate. Well, I mean, but then the talent would then get a WWE contract. Exactly. Exactly. A, but I mean the thing is they can't just walk in there willy-nilly. If, if for some reason a talent doesn't want to go to WWE, I don't know their motivations, but just because they're working for MLW doesn't mean their ultimate goal is to go to WWE. For some, it might. The majority probably is. But like, Are there any say, that wouldn't want to go to they WWE? Can't, they, Shane Strickland can't. He's working for Lucha Underground. So they can't walk in there and say, we want Shane Strickland and Pentagon. They're under contracts elsewhere. Yeah, they have more money too, right? 
I'm sure they do, but I yeah. mean, there are a lot of people on that roster that that doesn't that doesn't work for. Like they can't just do that. MLW had to stop using Matt Riddle because he's under a WWN deal. Hmm. Like there there are a lot of people on this roster that just handing MLW or Court Bauer a check just would not work for. Yeah, because of other contracts that they have. Sure. What I'm or saying, their, what, all, their, all I meant was... Their needs, their desires, any of that stuff. Sure. All I meant was if there's a guy WWE really wanted that wanted to go to WWE, a contract wouldn't stop it. Well, not if they went to MLW and said, here's some money. Yeah. But otherwise, yeah, because WWE's not contacting those people anymore for a reason. Right, sure, sure. Because they were told to piss off because contracts matter. If they didn't have a contract, WWE would have said... Uh, tough shit we're signing them anyway sure but my like point my point was even with the contract if they wanted them bad enough they'd find a way to get them maybe they would your door just opened again by itself maybe well my door's a fucking idiot that doesn't know how to do its job and doesn't understand mlw it's like contract. When, we won't worry about that when wcw wanted mike awesome right when they wanted mike awesome they took him they had to give ECW money out of the deal and they had to agree to have him go there to drop the title. But ultimately, they wanted about enough, and they paid for it. WWE would do the same thing. That was 18 years ago. Yeah, so? That was a long time ago. So does that mean that contracts have changed in 18 years? It's, it's pretty widely known that most of the ECW stuff was verbal. Like handshake deals, stuff no, like that. No, by then he had a contract because there was TV involved. He had a contract. There were a lot of people on TV back then under handshake deals. A ton he, of was, he was not. He had a contract. Well, maybe you can talk to Mike Awesome about that one. Okay, now that's mean. That's mean. So just so you guys know, Mike Awesome has passed away. Oh. See? Nigel thought that was mean too. No! Nigel said, oh, don't speak for Nigel. You didn't see this, Sean? <laughs> Nigel was looking at a picture of you, and he gave the picture of the finger. <laughs> no, he didn't. Yes, he did. Yes, he did. We need to talk about more subjects like this. Like what? I don't know. We lost viewers probably because you're rude. No, I was just I trying to. Be the most engaged live chat. I was. I was just trying to explain the corporate underground to you, Sean. That's all I was trying to do. I was the trying to explain the corporate underground. underground. Yes. <laughs> it's a company that's got two billion dollars. Yeah. Worth of TV deals. Of course, they can afford anyone they want. Of course, and of course, they would Contracts take anyone they want. Change. If AJ Styles, they had a lot of money in 2001 too. You know what the thing was? AJ Styles didn't want to move his wife away from her college. You never know what's going to motivate somebody. I mean, he also was offered developmental, though. That's right. That's he a was. big difference. But uh, Kenny Omega, haven't they tried to sign him? He, had he, was, a standing he, he offer. was in developmental, wasn't he? And he left of yeah. his own volition. Yeah, and yeah. he has a standing offer to appear, or basically to go there whenever he wants. Yeah. They tried to get Bad Luck Fale. They tried to get Tama Tonga. And they said, nope doesn't always work like that. No, sure it doesn't. All I'm saying is an MLW contract. So I'm right. Fightfulselect.com. He really isn't. He really isn't. Extended coming up next. Jimmy, what do you have going on this week? So tomorrow we're having a team event. And it's going to be something very interesting. And there's been a little bit of controversy in the company because some people, because they're, they don't know what it is or they don't understand it, they almost don't want to Watch do it. show. Oh, you all are going to talk about MLW contracts. Some people don't understand it, huh? You're really bothered by this. <laughs> He's really bothered by this. Yeah, um, you know what I mean? I mean, I, I, you know what, Sean? I apologize that I had to you know, tell you about the corporate underground and how MLW contracts don't mean shit in that regard. Hey, I apologize. I apologize. 
I had to make you feel like you didn't know anything because you don't. Oh, no, I definitely do. I definitely do. For sure. <laughs> this is why, in this case, Vince McMahon, Court Bauer. There you go. So tomorrow we have a team event. And uh, Friday is my kid's first birthday, so I'm actually taking the day off on Friday. Nice. Yeah. Doing a we'll photo be in briefly in the afternoon. What is the team event? Should I tell them what the team event is? Yeah. So the team event is something called Mystery Dinner Theater. Oh, I'm familiar with Mystery Dinner Theater. You are? Somewhat. Have you done? Somewhat. No, I've, I mean, I've heard about it. So basically, we book the thing. It's going to be a private thing for our company. They're going to have like a, a murder mystery thing. We're going to be participating in it. Names have been picked from the company that are going to participate, and they don't know who they are. I didn't know that. Did you not know that? No, I thought it Have was you seen like the movie Game Night that came out? Thing. I think it was this year. Uh, like, I'm not sure. Will, Will Ferrell? No, it's, uh, I think, Jason Bateman. Okay, I think. haven't seen yeah. it. I haven't seen well, it. Well, he, he's good in everything, but that's basically the same thing. We have one of those in Louisville. Oh, okay, okay. Yeah, I've done it twice, and it's fun. Some of the guys in the company, because they haven't done it, they were like almost voicing their displeasure, and it got to the point where, and boy, I'm saying stuff I shouldn't say, but it got to the point where I had to basically say to them, if you don't like being able to leave early and have free booze and have free food, then fuck off. Sounds like a solid Fair. day. Yeah, it's going to be fun. It's going to be fun. should be fun. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Guys, you all can follow me at Sean Rossap. You can follow Nigel at Nigel Lokai. But follow Melissa. <laughs> Melissa, I see you following some of my friends on Twitter. I followed who? What? Nikita Krylov fan. Oh. That's who. Okay. <laughs> I see you. I'm aware. That's how you get your follower count up. I know you're, you're riding off the coattails of SRS, but I'm okay with that. <laughs> that was my sole purpose for getting a job here, to ride your coattails. Yep. <laughs> because you're a friend. Well, now I'm riding your coattails, so <laughs> there we go. What was going on first? Fife- Melissa was here before Fifa, right? No. No? no? Yeah. Fifa was no. here first? Yeah. Fifa was here before Nigel and Melissa. Yeah. Really? Not July, Really? Yeah, like two months. And then, oh, okay, yeah. okay. Which is weird for me to think sometimes because the timeline, I just assume everybody that I met was there years before I got there. Interesting, but interesting. Jimmy is at JimmyVan74. You all can subscribe to us on iTunes, Stitcher, Player FM, iHeartRadio, SoundCloud, Everything. We're not going to drop any rap tracks on SoundCloud, despite what Jimmy would tell you. But Sean's going to do one. Sean's going to do. Not going to do one. Somebody involuntarily like did one. Remember to the R Truth theme that one time. Yes, I do remember that. Yeah, I ain't doing another one of those, guys. Until next time, we are out. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target, are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. 
Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.